The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Grid Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. As always, Fridays, I'm joined by my buddy, Rich Rebar. We pick our favorite games against the spread, super contest rules, so we use um five games uh a a pretty good season thus far um not uh our 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 kansas city chiefs really let us down against the bills last week but you know what what can you do daniel Sorensen, tough tough scenes (laughs) for the Sorensen out there well you had the chiefs i did it so i'll I'll take a a small a small run on that uh it's rough man it's listen the the chiefs are still fine they'll be fine big picture i mean now big picture in the playoffs they might not be fine if the defense doesn't get right but they've lost to three really good teams in the afc and like a team like washington they're gonna come back and smoke uh can we do i mean we can talk about that's my fourth game so we just want to Hey, listen, they're going to come back and smoke the teams like the Washingtons and like all these like these bottom mid teams. So uh, I wouldn't be worried about the Chiefs too much. Yeah, well, I mean, I am I am worried from the context of like, have they just bungled this and Mahomes is not going to win a Super Bowl for like five more years? Like, I'm, I'm it's po- that now that yeah. is possible. Yeah, the context of uh, yeah being that upset, like they're still going to win what. 10 11 10. games that as a floor right but that's 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 what i'm worried about though i'm not worried about them you know making the playoffs like well i don't know maybe a little bit the afc is is they're they're gonna make the playoffs especially they because will. they have the, the second wild card rules now but the the combination of justin herbert looking this incredible this early on and um you know the fact that the chiefs defense literally cannot they just cannot stop anyone and they're all capped out. You know, they have all this money dedicated. And look, the clock is ticking on replacing Travis Kelsey. We don't we don't want to talk about it, but I mean, he's going to be fine this year and probably he'll be fine next year. But pretty soon we're going to be talking about Mahomes is 26 or 27 and Travis Kelsey's 35. And they got to they got to give him more dudes. He's got to he's got to have more dudes to throw the ball to. Yeah, we've talked about it before about how bad this team has been from a GM stance, you know, a team building stance the past few years. We've talked about it, and you you start to see that a little bit, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know, you give away all these draft picks. I mean, Frank Clark's really given them little next to nothing since they've nothing, had him. Nothing. He's the, the, I, I think he had one. If I remember correctly, he had one good playoff game. So people do the Sony Michelle thing with him, where they're like. Well, you know, you trade the pick and then you win a Super Bowl. And so then it's fine, right? Like yeah. people, people do, uh, they do, they do that with him where it's like, well, I mean, 
he probably would have been fine without him. So yeah, I mean I, the defense is a problem. I mean, but you lose by one point to Baltimore in a game that you were up 15. You have a chance to beat the Chargers and you throw the interception. So it's like whatever. I mean, the, 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 they got absolutely ransacked by the Bills. There's like the one real bad loss, but look at their remaining schedule. They play Washington, they play Tennessee, then they play the Giants, then you get the Packers, you play the Raiders, then they have the Cowboys. You play the Packers, the Cowboys, and the Chargers again. You still play the Broncos twice, you play the Raiders twice, you play the Bengals. Uh, I mean, they're going to win. They're going to lose what? Maybe two more games. Uh, so, I mean, it's like they're going to be there. And if you got Mahomes in the playoffs, you've got always got a puncher's chance to light it up. Uh, but uh, the defense is a problem. We've talked about the team building. This roster is not good around Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. It's just not. There's, was it wasn't it, really <laughs> that good when they won the Super Bowl, though, I guess would be the the I, I mean, the year they won the Super Bowl. I mean, I they could tweeted, have lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> they <can't>. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I tweeted that offseason. I was like, this roster sucks. Like this roster has like five good players and then everyone else is replacement level or are worse, which is, is true. Yeah. Um, it's it's a hundred percent, man. And you'll see that it's hard to win a championship. It's hard to absolutely, it, the, like they'll always be good with Mahomes. They'll never be bad, but it's hard to absolutely win the last game of the year and, and get to that point by having a defense. That's this ab- abysmal. Like the defense is, a, is it's a goddamn joke, man. Like it's like, they can't stop anybody uh so i mean we'll see but washington's just as bad uh their defense is just as miserable and it's taylor heineke and we've seen a couple weeks ago like when the chiefs played a team like the eagles like they're gonna run away from them. like the chiefs might not punt in this game like they're gonna they're gonna score at will basically yeah. at every drive and it's a red ass game like they're gonna come back they're gonna come out of here and just they're gonna they're gonna romp man like as long as there's no like weird weather or anything like they're gonna and they're gonna shred. and and ceh is out so they're not gonna feel yes. like any they're not gonna feel like any like second half, they're not going to be like, well, you know, we got to get CH's touches. We got to hand it off to him. It's just going to be, it's just going to be Mahomes out there, you know, playing, playing pitch and catch with his boys. Yeah. I mean, they're going to be throwing it around because as much as we bag on CH a little bit for the, how bad of a draft pick he was, and he was, uh, he's still immensely more talented than when he touches the football so far this season. When you watch when Darrell Williams touches the football. So it, th- this team's definitely losing something with CH, but it's going to make them just winging around more, which we love. So, I mean, they're going to, I think, I think they're going to absolutely shred Washington. Uh, now the bring back side, you know, for like a DFS stance, I still think that there's some opportunity there, but I think Heineke is still probably going to give you a turnover, uh, even against this chief's defense <laughs> and, uh, you'll get a couple stops, but they, I don't think that the chiefs even punt in this game. Yeah, no, I, I, that would be amazing. Like a chief's 50 burger, uh, no punts, but that would be, that would be what the, the, uh, the chief's kingdom needs because the vibes are, the vibes are not good. So this one. Uh, this one was on my list as well. The the Chiefs were the Chiefs are my number three. So yeah, they're my which, four. I don't love the. It's under a touchdown though, and like I said, I equate it very much to two weeks ago when they played the Eagles, where yeah. they're just gonna cook. Yeah. They give, they might give up thirty and still cover. I think they can give up thirty and still cover. That's what I'm saying. What uh, <laughs> what what is uh, what is your what is your number five? My number five is probably one you won't be on board with because it's a team we both kind of despise and never pick. But uh, I'm going with the Steelers, man. I'm putting it at five because low, but th- we're going to find out. So the Seahawks I, are, are bad. I, I don't have this on my list, but but in a contest where I have to pick every game, I, I took them because the Steelers, are, the Seahawks are bad at everything now. The Because we're going to find out how much Russ was lifting this tide. 
Like yes. this team has been bad. You talk about a team that's also built a bad team for a couple of years. The Seahawks have built a bad football team for the past few years. And you talk about this Jamal Adams trade, talk about bad trades for Frank Clark. Jamal Adams trade looks like an absolute travesty I, right I, now. I don't know anything <laughs> about defense. I, I literally know very little about, about defense, but I know from watching Jamal Adams that he is really not good at what the Seahawks ask him to do. That's and that's the big point. Like it's not like Jamal Adams turned into a bad football player. It's his role. Like he in with the Jets, you know, he's like a he's basically like a sub linebacker. And he he you don't want him out covering people. That's the, he's never been good at that. But this roster is not good. The offensive line's not good. The defensive line's not good. They've got one good linebacker. Uh, the secondary's bad, and they've got two good receivers. And that's like that's really all they have. And now we're gonna throw Geno Smith making his first start since he what twenty seventeen when he did that. He broke Eli's streak and that about like so uh, funny. Yeah, uh, he's yeah he's gonna be the one starting after Russell's streak. Although it's different circumstances, Russ is actually hurt. Uh, and then on the other side, we kind of saw the Steelers last week kind of figure something out that like if they can be successful running the football, which they were for the first time in basically a year and a half last year, it was the most uh, is the first time they had more than 100 yard rushing uh, in 11 games for, as a team. Uh, and it is the most rushing yards they had going back to week three of 2020. And you can run on the Seahawks, but they finally had a game where they just didn't have to ask Ben Roethlisberger to throw it 45 times. You know, you look at the, the, that's the key. This, this, he had 26 yeah. dropbacks last week. If you have it where Ben just doesn't have to throw it 40 plus times, that is fine. Like you yeah, can get gotta by. Play, they got to play like 1976 <laughs> football, basically. And I think they can do that here with one Gino, two. I think they'll be able to run a little bit and then just ask Ben to make some plays against this bad secondary to not make mistakes. And you, you run away with this uh, at home. Now, you do the Tomlin factor that they are prone to doing something stupid and playing down to an opponent always. But uh, yeah, I just think that we're going to really find out how bad the Seahawks roster has been constructed and how much Russ has been lifting this tide uh, and how good Russell Wilson is as a football player, which I think we all know, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I, I'm going to Steelers. It's five because it's the Steelers and I just, they, they're prone to like, let this be a three point game, but Hey, uh, we'll put it at five. Yeah. So I, I, I think that, I think that this one is, um, I think that this one is good, but I just, I can't, I can't. Take I, hear you. My, I knew you would. <laughs> my, my, my five is actually, my five is actually very similar. It's taking a team. I have no faith in just the team against a team that I think is worse, which is the one in four Miami dolphins mm-hmm. in London against the, the, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, yeah. The Jaguars are, are terrible. They, they are, are truly, truly bad. And they're, uh, you know, there we got Carlos Hyde in there on fourth and one. They move LaVisca out to the to the outside so that you know Jamal Agnew and Tavon Austin can play in the <laughs> slot. It's just like they're they're just they're just a mess. Urban Meyer is not any uh Urban Meyer is 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 not any good at this. And um Tua Tua should be back this week. He's supposed to. I saw the it, quote, it, yeah. So Look, I mean, we we Tua has been mostly underwhelming to begin his career, but he's better than Jacoby Brissett. I feel I feel pretty confident in that. And I I like the Dolphins coming into the year. I think Brian Flores is a good coach. Um, I well, you know, a lot of my priors were based on them adding Waddle and Fuller and them being able to pass the ball. And Fuller is is you know not playing or anything. But basically, I just want to pick against the Jaguars, especially when it's a field goal. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, no qualms. I mean, the Dolphins are an aggressive passing team. They're one of the top teams over passing over expectation. The problem is they can't throw the ball downfield because they can't block anybody. <laughs> so that's that's kind of been like a, a little thorn in their side. But I, I actually, this was, I was debating this one versus the Steelers, and I figured I'd pick the Steelers because you wouldn't. So uh, I, I this was, was, was one that was close that was making my list for the same reason that you said. It's just a bet against Urban Meyer at this point. Right. Um, okay, so what is so so okay? So your four was was Chiefs. Chief, was Chiefs. Okay, so my four was the Green Bay Packers minus five and a half points against the Bears. So this is my Packers, one. Oh wow. Okay, so I'll, I'll give it. You you feel much more confident than I do. So so let's let's hear it. Well, I I I know that right now there's still kind of a back and forth struggle, internal struggle with the Bears between Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy on what the offense approach should be. should be. The offensive line is an absolute disaster there, and that's part of the reason why you're seeing them be so hyper conservative and trying to hide Justin Fields. Uh, the, Khalil Herbert is I think fine. I don't think there's really anything going from Damian to Khalil Herbert. I think that they'll be fine in that regard. But just how long can they stay in the game script to run the football? Um, and just really, yeah, I just think the Packers are a supremely better team. I think this is a, another one where it's probably it, it's probably a double digit game. I mean, it should be well. It's implied what if this is in Green Bay? It's a it's a, what an eight point game. So I mean, it's I I am really down on the Bears. I think the Bears still have gotten by in a little bit of of schedule fortune and some opponents and the, the fact that they've tried to really hide their offense. I don't think that there's any way you can play football successfully big picture the way the bears have played football the last two weeks uh, against good teams. So I think that they're about to get probably blown out of the water. Like they did two weeks ago against the Browns. They'll probably look a little more functional on offense than they did that week, but it's a situation where I don't think that they're even going to be in the same class as the Packers. That's the, the, the only concern I would have about this one is that the Packers have kind of lollygagged this year a, a little bit. You know, they, they really have, have not like, uh, you know, dunked on some of these teams. Like they should have, uh, they should have dunked on the Steelers hardcore and they didn't really, and they really should have dunked on the Bengals. Like the, the Bengals, like Joe Burrow was not even good in, uh, in that game particularly. So I, I, I'm needing this game to play out like the Lions game basically, but yeah, I, I'm definitely on the Packers here and there are, there are, um, there are loads of there are loads of concerns about the bears. Like their defense is not really that good. Like Damien is not, is not playing in this game. So it's, it's Justin Fields and Khalil Herbert. You don't even have like the veteran running back to provide that, you know, just four yards in a cloud of dust. Like who knows what, what Khalil Herbert can, I, who's like a really weird prospect, by the way, he, I remember like he played at Kansas with Puka Williams and then they, they both transferred to Virginia tech or, or, Herbert transferred to Virginia Tech, and then Puka didn't play in 2020. It's just so weird. Yeah, I mean, I kind of give everyone a little bit of pass that played at Kansas uh, in the recent era. The recent era, it's been such a joke of a uh, you know uh, of a uh, organization there that they've had uh, on offense, and those offenses are bad. We saw when he went to Virginia Tech, he exploded. He's a huge, big play guy, and he's fast. He's got wheels. Uh, you know, he's like a sub four four guy. Uh, and when he in 2020 he led all running backs in college to head over 100 touches in yards per touch uh in 2020 he is a huge he's a huge play guy um he's a little smaller so like he's not like a, a complete between the tackles guy but they used him that way last week too so i think my thing is like they're just how long are they going to be able to run the football they're going to try because they're going to do the same thing where they try to hide justin fields uh because you need to max protect justin fields because the offensive line is bad and he needs the time because he's slow to process he wants to push the ball downfield 
Um, so, I mean, it's just, if the Packers get up early in this game, I mean, it could, it could really expose a lot of what the bears have been able to kind of gloss over the past two weeks. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what are you doing with fields? I mean, we have him in a main event as a backup. We just haven't really had to make a move, but like, I, I mean, you don't have to use a roster spot on him right now. Right. Like, no, it's, no, it's because not even... the, the, the whole thesis, the whole thesis was that he was going to run and he has yeah. the, the only game where he's had more than three rushing attempts was the game where uh, basically Nagy hadn't had the ability to like neuter him. So, so he was, they just threw him in there and they were like, you got to make stuff happen. They win. He runs 10 times and is like decently efficient at it. And then every game since then, they've been like, all right, well, you, you're obviously, we're not going to allow you to run. That would be absurd. So it's just, <laughs> I it's think just that there, there will be some more QB runs from him in the future, just because, like I said, the, the way they're playing is fragile and they'll have to be, they're going to chase points eventually, probably this week. And you'll just see some of that naturally kind of take over. But I don't know how, I don't know if it's going to be enough at this point. And how are you going to be able to predict it going into a week that say, like, I'm, you're going to confidently put them in your lineup? Right. That's the um, problem. So, okay. So then that we, if we, that was both of our four. So what is your three? Yeah, that was my one. So we've covered all mine, but two. Uh, my three is the Bills. Uh, just to, for the simple fact of uh, the Bills are really good and a lot better than the Titans. Now, this game was interesting because they did play last year and the Texans act- absolutely owned them. It was a COVID game for the Bills. It was like on a Tuesday or like a, yeah. it was like, I think it was a Tuesday night. Uh, and they, they were missing Tredavious White. Like it was, it was a big COVID game for the Bills. But uh, this Tennessee team, they cannot protect the quarterback at all. And I think it's a marriage of, you know, they can't protect the quarterback plus scheme of uh, what they're trying to do and plus personnel is just it hasn't been a great recipe right now for having a successful functional passing offense. I actually think Tannehill's played all right for what they've tried to ask him, the circumstances he's been in, but it's just such a poor marriage of what they've had from a scheme stance plus the available wide receivers he's had available to absolutely have anything functional in the passing game uh, to sustain itself. They're not going to stop the bills at all. This Titans defense is, a, is, Oh my goodness. It's if it wasn't for a Washington and Kansas city, having such terrible defenses to start the year, it, we'd be all over on this Tennessee team, but we're also immune to it because it's been bad for two years running now. In uh, the bills right now, they've led for double digit snaps on 52% of their plays right now. The next closest team is Arizona at 34%. They're just absolutely boat racing teams. I don't see any way Tennessee slows them down. And uh, if they can get uh, ahead, you know, then that distance yourself from the big dog. It's kind of be tilting because this is going to be like the 14 point big dog week and it's going to be off the main slate. I know it's uh, it, it's insane. <laughs> like it's going to be, it's going to be, um, it's that showdown slate is going to be, uh, is going to be absurd. But yeah, I mean, I, I saw you tweeting the other day, like this is definitely going to be the game where big dog like struggles a little bit. And like McNichols is going to have like 14 targets in this game. Uh, so this one, this one was, was not on my list, but not because, you know, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a good spot or whatever. It's just uh, I've been, I've been burnt by the Titans, like both ways. I've been burnt <laughs> by, I've been, I have been burnt by the Titans. Like uh, what I took them, I took them against the jets. They lose outright to the jets. It's just like they're, I mean, they're probably my least favorite wagering team uh, in in the NFL. I, I really I really hate them. Uh, okay, so so my my number three is the Cowboys minus three and a half at the Patriots. And this, funnily enough, this is totally like a square side too. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is not the line you would expect. You would think this would be five or five and a half, and 
uh, you know, the, the Patriots are going to be good running the ball. They play good defense. The Cowboys have, you know, definitely gotten a little bit lucky in terms of results. Their schedule has been very easy. But really what this comes down to me is even if the Cowboys defense has been playing above their weight um, and the Cowboys have been getting lucky in some of these games, I mean, the Cowboys are going to score 28 points here. And I just, I don't know if the Patriots can get to 24, you know, like they just are having a hard time scoring I mean we're talking about a team that just struggled to for four quarters with the Texans like I, I don't know I, I get that the line is saying all the sharp money is on the Patriots here but I just do not see it yeah this is my team I mean Cowboys are still the last remaining team that are undefeated against the spread they lead the NFL in points per play on offense which I think is more important than what the the, the fluky turnovers have been because like you said it, it I don't know if the Patriots can just score with them that's that's the big thing. I mean, it, you know, you're getting this at what? Uh, it's four. So I mean, you're you're getting this where they have to keep it basically within a field goal because uh, you're you're blowing blowing through that key number. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just don't. This it's basically what you said. I just don't know if there's a way the Patriots can score 24 plus points in this game uh, based on what we've seen so far. And their offensive line is banged up. The running the backfield's been banged up all year. They haven't really been able to kind of settle that. And they're kind of working their way through this Mac Jones thing of trying to figure out what they, what their identity is going to be. And it's still kind of lost because they started out, they wanted to be a 12 personnel team based on the signings they made. And then they've been one of the worst teams in 12 personnel from success rate from an offensive play. They've actually been better when they go to 11 and spread things out a little bit more and they get uh, Kendrick Bourne on the field uh, in place of Johnny Smith. They've actually been a better offense. Uh, but yeah, I just don't understand. I don't see how they score enough points. They've been one of the worst red zone teams in the NFL. They're one of the worst teams at finishing drives with touchdowns in the NFL. They actually are the worst. Uh, they have the highest rate of scoring plays in the season are field goals instead of touchdowns, um, which isn't a way to beat these good teams like the Cowboys. And like Kellen Moore's just been in his bag, man. We've talked about it for a oh, couple dude. weeks. Like there's so the, good. Because we haven't even seen them like really have to open up the offense. I mean, they're using the two combo back system and the two tight ends. They're just, they're just, they're just doing whatever they want to do. And Dak is playing out of his mind uh, right now. So, I mean, it just comes down to, I don't believe the Patriots can score enough points to keep it within a field goal, uh, maybe within a touchdown. But like I said, you're getting that you're not, you're getting past that, that seven. So you're just worried about the field goal. And I'm not even worried like a backdoor. I don't even think like the Patriots are a good backdoor team. No, like what, what Mac Jones, like, throwing darts to Kendrick Bourne in the like I don't know that that does not that does not worry me at all Jacoby Myers so people can tweet like for the love of God please score a touchdown Jacoby Myers so people stop copying the same tweet of Jacoby Myers is gonna score a touchdown this week Uh, (laughs) let's get past it already all right what is your what is your that was it that was that was all five of mine wow okay so (laughs) my number two is it's a huge line and it's the Rams against the Giants. I mean, they're just gonna they're just gonna hang. Like they are just gonna hang brain on the Giants. The Giants are so <laughs> bad, dude. They're, they're just terrible. And Before Rams, hanging brain. Yeah, and the and the Rams the Rams are good, right? So the Rams are really good. The Rams are good running the ball. They ran the ball very well against the Seahawks. They we also know that uh, we also know that Sony Michelle is not dead. Um, like somehow so so even if even if Henderson pulls his Deontay Johnson bit of getting nicked up and and leaving like they're gonna be able to run and basically like I just think this is a classic the Giants are are egregious and people are excited about Kadarius Tony 
So like in our in our little part of the world, people are like, oh, you know, the Giants, they got Kadarius Tony. Like, dude, they're just gonna get blown out in all these games. They suck so bad. They suck. Yeah, I have no problem with this one. I got burned on the two big lines last week. Uh, those are my two losses last week for laying the, the big numbers. So I was kind of this week, I was like, ah, I'm not gonna lay any big numbers, but I have no problem with this because it's just the superior team and Listen, the Giants came back on the Saints, but they are they've lost every other game outside of that. And they've they're still a team that's lost to the Falcons. So yeah. <laughs> we talked about it last week. We were both around the Cowboys, and that one was, you know, obviously circumstantially, you know, you lose Daniel Jones and you lose Saquon the first like two drives of the game, basically. Uh you have no shot. But I mean, they would have ran. You saw the way the Cowboys offense performed, they were gonna run away with that one regardless. Yeah. And then my number one, I, I'm, I guess I'm a little surprised you don't, you don't have this one, but uh, you can get this at three, but I, even at three and a half, it's fine. The Cardinals at the Browns cliff cliff is not in his bag. He's not, he's not Kellen Moore, but they are more dynamic offensively than they've ever been in the, the Kyler era, not just because of Kyler for the first time, like, uh, up into this point of Kyler's career, everything good they've done on offense has been because Kyler like evades like nine guys behind the line of scrimmage and, and pirouettes and like drops these beautiful passes into spots where only his guys can get him. But they're, they're finally doing some cool stuff on offense. AJ Green looks better than any of us expected. Rondale Moore looks great. Christian Kirk is giving them good stuff. Like it doesn't even matter that Hopkins is having a down year. And the defense is way better than anyone thought. Now, the, the huge problem in this game is going to be the Browns have made people look stupid passing the ball at, at certain points this year because their defensive line has just crushed. But I, Kyler is so good at evading pressure and creating his own clean throws that I'm like really not that worried about it. Uh, I'm, I didn't have this one because the, this is getting like major sharp steam on the Brown side and the, there's like a potentially like underlying COVID issue with the Cardinals. So like, 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 yeah, like Chandler Jones is already going to be out and and DeAndre Hopkins. So, so they've had like a little COVID outbreak. It looks like, and DeAndre Hopkins missed the last two practices with the illness. They didn't say COVID, but just says illness. So I think a a lot of people are just getting, you know, we've seen like a reversal of like the injury report and if the Browns are getting major steam, so I just was like, I'm not going to touch it, (laughs) but uh, yeah, it would be a spot where you think this this could be a back and forth game because, uh, you know, uh, the way the Cardinals have been playing, obviously they're the only undefeated team in the league and getting them at, as a field goal plus would be nice. But uh, yeah, I'm a little scared. And then the weather is supposed to be like, it's supposed to be a wind game, which we'll see when we get to Sunday if that's something sticky. But there's all kinds of weird stuff orbiting this game where I'm just like, I might just well, watch now, this one. Now, yeah, now I, now, I, now I feel way worse about that because I had no idea about, about the COVID stuff. I was just kind of trying to evaluate this of like, dude, Kyler is just so good and I, I mean, I know I, the, I kind of feel like that Chargers Browns game is going to mess with our perception of Baker and the Browns, but like, I don't know. I still, I still just think like, these are the types of games that they are not good enough to win. Like when the other team can get to 35, I just still think the Browns struggle in those games. I mean, the Browns are interesting because they, they are capable of scoring. We saw it last year too. Remember they played that fun Monday night game against the Ravens. They did like a, a shootout with the the Titans where they were, well, they were up and then the Titans came like had to come back. I mean, they're good. I think they're a good offense. Um, and they're capable of scoring. I mean, this is going to be an interesting game too, because it's like the only game that I think is going to have a lot of ownership at 4 p.m. on the DFS slate. So 
True. We're going to have to see what's going on. But yeah, supposedly there are two other Cardinals that tested positive, but the names weren't released, which I'm not really sure what's going on. Um, so I'm just trying to find a couple like in, info here for you. And then, yeah, so did not practice yesterday. We're recording this Friday morning. So, you know, things you'll definitely follow the Friday practice reports. But we've had, so all these DNPs the past two days, not even just one day, the last two days, the Cardinals, Rodney Hudson at center, Hopkins with an illness, uh, Jordan Hicks. Uh, so, I mean, they've got guys like the, that they're counting on that. Or have been out and then they haven't released whatever these two names are. I suppose there's two names, which seems weird. Why wouldn't they just release them? Why don't we, why don't we know? Yeah. That, I mean, I guess maybe because it's Kyler would be, that's the only thing I would think of is that they would, well, that would have to get released, right? There's no way no, that like in the, in the year of, of our Lord, 2021, like someone could, right. someone could sit on that. Someone could sit on Kyler having COVID. <laughs> it would be, it would be, yeah, that would be, um, that would be really insane. What about, uh, what about some of your, your DFS tapes this week? It's uh, so like I, the one thing I know is that this will, this will not be a week where ever we're getting any discount on Chiefs stuff. The Chiefs are going to be 100% full-priced. You're like Kelsey at 7,000. People are loading up on – people are loading up on him. Mahomes will be loaded up on Ricky Seals-Jones, the bring back McLaurin, super chalky. So I, I for, for once, the Chiefs are like not my, my go-to here. Yeah, this is a unique slate too. And there's also, like I said, the, the for our – you know, people that want a late swap or if you, you know, your 1 PM stuff doesn't hit, it's a tough 4 PM slate to like pivot to and to tie up money because, you know, obviously right. we've got the Patriots at four, you've got Broncos Raiders who won't draw a lot of in natural, you know, ownership. Uh, so, I mean, you've really got just this Cowboys and you've got this Browns Cardinals game, you know, to kind of tie up salary to give you flexibility to be able to pivot around. Um, so yeah, it's really tricky slate. Um, but you said that, that Washington chiefs game is going to have so much just it's gonna be a black hole of roster ship. <laughs> like it's everyone in that game is going to be on Ricky seals Jones at three K on DraftKings. Like what the hell, man, did anyone watch that game last week or even look and see what his opportunity was in that game to make him three K is, is crazy, man. Even if he doesn't hit just that opportunity, like how do they not make him like four, four, like four, two, at least he's, at he's least. missed one snap since Logan Thomas got injured. He had, yeah, he's, and he's had three end zone targets last week. He had a 30-yard pass called back for a penalty, like, and to just leave him at 3K was wild. I was like, what is happening? And, uh, you know, DraftKings is usually pretty pretty much sharper than FanDuel on the types of pricing, but they've done a few weird things every week. Remember they did the CH thing a couple weeks ago where they made him just like 4-8, and it's like, what are we doing? What are we right. doing? We're like, why are we doing stuff like this? Because, yeah, he's going to be an auto play at 3K. So many people are going to play him. I've been trying to think of as like these the unique way to go about this is just to, to hone in and go over on Waller and Andrews, like the two purgatory guys. Yep. Um, because and it's going to be Kelsey Andrews or is, is my guy. Andrews yeah, it's going to be Kelsey, Kelsey up top if you can pay. And then Ricky, Ricky Seals Jones is going to be the auto cash play. Like, how could he not oh, be? Oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> how could he not be? Uh, so I think that you'll see a lot of those guys. A lot of people bring McLaurin back. Maybe Gibson's the most unique way to get at this. I, I don't know. I, I, haven't, I, mean, I haven't really tracked his projected ownership. Um, maybe he's the most unique way because people always see the Q tag next to him and he's dealing with the shin injury. And like people will say, also, oh, he can get scripted out. So maybe he's the most unique way to get into that game. Heineke's going to be popular. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's gonna be interesting. I like kind of like the Colts skinny stack. Uh, you can bring it back with Brandon cooks. You can run it either way too. I think you can run it with Wentz Pittman, or you can do it with just Jonathan Taylor and play Jonathan Taylor with 
the skinny the skinny him with uh Brandon Cooks. That one's interesting at one, but I'm curious to see what we do because if we if the chalk doesn't hit at one, where are the pivots? Well, yeah, that's uh that is that is a good point. So the the guys that the guys that I like the most are definitely uh the the Chargers Baltimore game. You're right. It's 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 weird that we have like no good uh late late game pivots, but I mean, I, I'm just in on, on the Ravens abandoning the run game. Basically, they're like, dude, it's just not going to happen with Davies Murray. It's not going to happen with, with Tyson Williams. I mean, it could happen with Tyson Williams, but they don't want it to for yeah, they know, they just, Yeah, they, they hate him for dumb things that don't matter, and they'd rather watch Latavius Murray not be able to run around the edge at all. <laughs> but that, that game also worries me, not from a Chargers stance, just from a Ravens stance, because We've seen them now have two like awesome primetime dubs. And the last time they came back and, and, and were pretty flat afterwards. But also the way the Ravens are playing actually is the strength of what the Chargers play defense. So like you would want the Chargers invite you to run. They want you on the football. And the Ravens actually can't run the football with their running backs. They can still run with Lamar. But all Lamar has done is just attack vertically. And that's the Chargers are by far the best team against the vertical pass. Like it's not even close them to the second best team on throws over 15 yards downfield opponents against the Chargers have completed four of 22 passes. Like, and that's all Lamar's living on. That's all Marquise Brown is living on. That's why I do like Andrews as like kind of in that game. Cause they've been given up a lot intermediately because of the way they play defense, but it's typically, it's actually a straight, it's strength on strength, the vertical passing game of the Ravens versus the vertical passing defense of the Chargers. And said, we'd have a typical spot where you'd just say, all right, the Ravens of all teams are absolutely just going to run down the team's throat that wants you to run the football, but they actually can't. They, they haven't been able to run the ball successfully with anyone outside of Lamar Jackson and Tyson Williams. Like you said, they don't want to play Tyson Williams. Um, so that game's gonna be really interesting. I can't wait to see it. Uh, I actually want to see how that game plays out because of that element of this new look Ravens offense. And then I think the Chargers side is fine though. Keenan Allen might be a unique way. He's still getting a ton of targets. You figure like he's gonna have to run to a game one of these weeks because Eckler and Mike Big Mike are just taking all the touchdowns. But he's still third in the NFL in targets attached to this offense. So like by just as a, a proxy, like he's gonna run into a huge game eventually. Yeah, I'm I'm with that. What about Khalil Herbert as the free square guy. I mean, he's, he, they, they got Ryan Nall and they'll activate Artavius Pierce off the, off the practice squad Sunday. I mean, you and I, we both just talked about it. We both think that they get blown out. I mean, he probably gets 15 touches here Mm -hmm. almost, almost regardless. I mean, I I feel like probably I will play Herbert in cash, but not play him in tournaments. I, I feel like I'd rather play, Daryl Williams in tournaments, probably just hope Daryl scores twice, basically. Yeah, I think there's the volatility of Herbert from two angles. One, the blowout factor, and then two, the reception factor. Like how many catches can he get? We don't really know. He ran one pass route last week. Now he's gonna run more right. than one pass route this week. But better. but also is Justin Fields gonna be a guy? Is he checking down? Like he's not that that was really never his game either. Like he's not good in the quick game. It's like he wants to push the ball downfield. So and it's from a tournament stance, like there's an easy floor. Like it's easy, there's an easy outcome where he doesn't get there. So it's easier to stay away from. Whereas Daryl is probably going to play what 70 to 80% of the snaps, run more pass routes than than uh, McKinnon and catch a couple balls and maybe fall into the paint for his price. He's kind of a guy that like I think has a lot more appeal at his price to kind of luck box into a floor game. Uh, he's not going to get you 30 in his range of outcomes. But right. he frees he frees up a lot of salary on both sides like easily. He's way too cheap, I think, for his floor. Uh, 
Yeah, I think there's a easy outcome for Herbert. Running back is tough this week because there's a lot of running backs to play again. We've had of had this now where running back's kind of a wide open landscape for the last couple of weeks. Because uh, you know what do we do with Joe Mixon uh, this week? You know he's he's in like an absolute smash spot, but he's not completely healthy. But he did play last week, and he actually looked fine when he touched the ball last week. Like he didn't look injured. Uh, he stole that one dude from the Packers' ankles at the end. I thought he absolutely stole. Like it was like Shang Tsung, where he stole that dude's ankles and just put him in for his new ankle. And uh, he, he's gonna be, he was gonna be healthy. But uh, you got Jonathan Taylor as a ten point home favorite oh, against dude, Houston. Jonathan Taylor is such a smash. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've got all these spots. Uh, it looks like now McCaffrey might not play, so like Hubbard's still kind of like floating around. Daryl Henderson's getting all this work. Uh, running back is still kind of like the linchpin, I think, to all these slates. Like getting running back right so far, I think has been really big the past couple weeks in uh, DFS. Um, yeah, I mean, it's and it's wide open again. I, uh, I I think Henderson Henderson is the dude that I'm I'm gonna be leaning on. I mean, he he even. Every game where he's been healthy, he's smashed, basically. Or or maybe not, I guess smash is not appropriate because he hasn't had, like, a huge game yet, but he just has played a ton, and he's gotten, a, you know, a bunch of goal line work and everything. I, the passing down work has not been there. I mean, both running backs, they just really have not thrown to them yet, but I, I think a huge game is there against the Giants. He's just had a really, a really great floor. Like I said, maybe the most unique guy is just what happens with with Gibson. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are going to play the Browns guys because the Cardinals have been terrible against the run. There could yeah. be wind, and the you could tie up that salary later to give you roster flexibility if you need to come off of it, barring what you did, what you chased that one and what hit. Um, last week was crazy. I all my one o'clock stuff was great. And so I didn't come off of Saquon because I did so good. And then obviously then it got buried and then I got buried because you lose Saquon four plays of the game and you end up, yeah, I barely got, I mean, I'm getting in the green on a lot of those, but it's funny how that works because typically, you know, you would late swap because your 1 PM stuff didn't hit, you know, here you come off the chalk, you got to pivot. And my 1 PM stuff was great. So I was like, Oh, I don't mind having the the chalk on Saquon now. And it ended up being terrible. Darkness. buddy and it oh it's so like the saquon thing is so annoying too because he didn't even get hurt playing he literally no his own guy he stepped on his own guy man he stepped on his own guy it was just it was it sucked yeah uh listen man people are ready to victory lap though hey look how injury prone saquon is you know just like they're always ready for i mean it was like last night you watched for three quarters everyone waited for their moment like to to jump on jalen hurts like oh i told you jalen hurts sucks and it's like dude you can't you can't choose week six to kill him a victory lap. The dude's been a QB one all five games, even if it's not. And then he still got there. And then he still ended up getting there. Like you lost. It's okay. Like if all your argument against Jalen Hurts rights right now is that like, oh, he's a bad real life quarterback. Like you lost. He's giving everyone fantasy points, 20 fantasy Everybody. points a week. Yeah. Everyone that drafted him is playing him and getting 20 fantasy And we're six weeks this season. We're already halfway through the fantasy regular season. And he's been a locked in QB one. You lost. You lost. Just move on. Just move on and accept it. There are other things that are are more tangible and, and better things to argue about and be upset about, uh, in even in the fantasy football world, than about Jalen Hurts sucking out with rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter. He's he started seven. He's played seven full games, averages twenty seven point one points per game, and has never had worse than twenty one. Yeah, and people get this stuff like wrong because like he's an outlier, right? From a sense oh, yeah. of like he he exploits a little bit of the scoring. 
uh, from a standard league stance. Like, I don't want to hear about, cause you know, every time I tweet about a rushing card, people are like, well, not in my league. Like, cool. Yeah. But 95% of people play in all these other leagues. Uh, but there, he's, he's an exception to rule. Like Taysom Hill was like the, the Konami code angle, like where it creates a floor the Tebow, but there are very few players like that per season that exploit the rules. And it's the same thing. We can extend it to other avenues. When people always complain about PPR scoring, right? We're like, Oh, that, that dude caught a three yard pass and he gets a point for it. The average NFL pass is not, doesn't go for three yards. It's it's, there are very few players that actually exploit like PPR being like a bonus because they're just getting a bunch of three yard catches. Right. But, but because they're outliers, people use that as the argument, right? The argument to counter, to go against like, oh, this is why scoring's broke. This scoring is broken. Like it's just, it's just a, a very small subset of players that are taking advantage of it. And Jalen Hurts is a very, he's the only guy, look at Justin Fields isn't taking advantage of it. Literally the only player we have taking advantage of it right well, now. Lance, Lance kind of. Like, he could have, yeah. It, yeah, if he would have scored a rushing touchdown last But week. Shanahan hates us, so he's not going to – he's not going to – he hates all the players he he vouched for and wanted to trade up for, apparently. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, that's just, just but what he does. People get on these weird strong arguments. Like, the, it's not that scoring's broken. You have one player taking advantage of it. One. Right. Because the, the thing is, is if you try to manipulate the scoring, you know what you do is you further distance the guys that are good at both. You make Kyler Murray even better. You make Josh Allen even better. Even you better. make because those guys still have an advantage in all formats because they're yeah. doing everything. So, I mean, right. it, I don't know. It's it's such uh, it's just such not worth it to go. Like, I just don't understand like the. The, the diatribe people go on all this stuff with like whatever if it's julian edelman catching a bunch of ppr passes because he's an outlier uh because every ever nfl player is actually has like a a, a base average a baseline average of catches that go over a, a certain number of yards an arbitrary number in your head that you want to pick apart uh yeah it's the same stuff people pick these weird things to kind of tear apart scoring just you you adjust the scoring of your league and you go by that. But listen, the most people play in standard scoring formats, and Jalen Hurts is a really good standard scoring format quarterback in fantasy football, and just live with it. And that's just the way it is. And you got to, <laughs> and you got to just deal. You got to just deal. Like, we're not changing. We're not they're not going to play Joe fucking team. Flacco. They're not going to play Joe Flacco. They aren't. Or, or Gardner Minshew. Like, what, what damn incentive do they have to play Joe Flacco? Got to make the playoffs, dude. Like, it's just I, not going to happen. Well, yeah, it's a, if if the Cowboys if the Cowboys weren't an eleven win team, maybe, but they are. So you just gotta just gotta live with it. Like this is not the NFC East is different when Dak is healthy. Basically, is, yeah. is how it works. And Nick Sirianni sucks. Yeah, yeah, Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I, I I was giving him I was giving Nick Sirianni the benefit of the doubt, but I feel I feel comfortable. Uh, what uh, five five games in now, six games in, just being like. This guy doesn't have it, you know. It's just no good. Yeah, it's. I mean, everything they're doing is bad. Yeah, it's not great. What are you gonna do? All right, man. Sharp football <laughs> analysis. Tell the people. Send them. Send them where they gotta go. Yeah, sharpfootballanalysis.com. Antler Reeves on Twitter. Uh, you can find all the the worksheets up. Uh, check that out. Uh, find me picking games with Davis uh, every Friday. You love to see it. Everyone, sharp football analysis. You know, you know where to find it. Uh, listen to listen to the sharp reads and uh, read the worksheet. Do all that stuff, and we'll be back next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. 
that crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.